All right, well, we're old school, <laughs> new old school, which is actually old old school, with Jake Uger and Mark Thompson. Uh, I've got a thousand things to say. Hey, Mark, how you doing, brother? What up, Jake? <laughs> we're excited. Okay. So guys, this is a new format. It's actually, we're kind of going back to an old format and we're sprinkling some stuff on top. First of all, same thing that's true is that it's still sponsored by shoptyt.com where you're gonna get amazing shirts and other merch, okay? I get compliments on my shirts all the time, not a big deal. Not a big deal, I'm just telling you, okay? You wear TYT merch, you'll get commented, you'll get comments, okay? Uh, speaking of comments, we're going to be interactive today. So that's, we don't usually take comments on old school, and it's old school. Uh, there are no rules. So I might not read your comments anyway. How do you like me now? Would you say, Jenk, that the only rules are that there are no rules? 100%. I've always liked that. Yeah, I've always liked that particular turn of the phrase. You, you know. know what? In, in fact, that'll be our first topic. I, I do want to get into how much I despise Marilyn Manson. Uh, there's a lot of things I want to get into, and and on the other hand, we might read a ton of comments. Who knows? It's awesome, oh. okay? Yeah. And then I want to tell you one last logistical thing because logistics is super fun. That's how you want to start a show, okay? <laughs> Since this is a new format, we're gonna go 45 minutes straight here. It's live and free to everybody, okay? Then we're gonna go another 45 minutes. I know what you're thinking. Stop it, Jack. It can't be. It can't be that good. But it actually is. But the bonus episode is for the members. So tyt.com slash join. You could hit the join button below on YouTube. On Twitch, if you got Amazon Prime, it's free. What how what more can I do for you? Slash Jeff Bezos do for you. Then make it free for you. <laughs> but we get the revenue. It's a win-win. That's twitch.tv slash tyt, obviously. I'm doing a comment right away. Look at this. No. We're live, we're interactive, okay? We're new, we're hip. We'd freak out Bill Maher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's another topic for a minute. In a minute. Mickey see the silver haired dragon says, I'm ready for Mark. Oh, yeah, Jank too. Look at this, Mark. Thank you, Mickey C. Yeah. All I'm right. Ready for Mark. Oh, yeah, Jank too, also. <laughs> Just remember, the only rule is. There are no rules. All right. That's right. And so, uh, Silver Hair Dragon, I think you speak for the country when you say that. Um, so, uh, now, uh, no rules party. Then we'll get back to Bill Maher, we'll get back to everything, okay? Or it's old school and we might not. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you were there, Mark. Uh, many years ago, like now, like seven years ago or so, uh, my wife was out of town with the kids, they'd gone to Taiwan. And um, and and it was like the first time in a long time that I had the house to myself. And at that point, we can mark when it was because yeah, it was almost certainly seven years ago because Hassan had just moved to LA uh, before he became a TYT star and then a Twitch star on his own and you know all this stuff and 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 drove Bill Mark crazy until he's doing segments partly about him. Um, so uh, and and Haas is. Awesome at throwing parties. Uh, he now this is funny because he's like now proto socialist. Uh, but back in the day, he was before he was woke. He was bro, and he used to be the leader of his fraternity, etc. And so uh, apparently, that's a Uger Piker tradition. Right, it runs in the family. You've got to switch at some point. Uh, and so, anyways, uh, and we I decided to throw a no rules party at my house, and so. 
Um, there, but of course, as with any no, no rules party, there's got to be a couple of rules. Like, oh, UFC, you can do anything. Well, well you can't eye gouge, and, and you can't kick in the testicles, and you can't murder someone, and you can't bite, right? So there's got to be some rules, right? Coincidentally, so, were those the rules at your party? Well, the I would imagine and the testicles thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would imagine those regular rules of the octagon. Oh, those are boilerplate. Okay, I get you. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Those are boilerplate, exactly. Um, so. But uh, but rule number one was you're not allowed to bring anything to the party, okay? Um, okay, so this is a tradition that I, I, I have to confess I despise. Uh, where, <laughs> okay, and, and honestly, I didn't even know it for like the first 20, 30 years of my life. And I, even if I knew it, I couldn't have done anything about it because I was too poor. Apparently, when you go to somebody's house, you're supposed to bring him a gift. Um, I never agreed to this, and and so like, when I realized the rule, like at the age of 32 or whenever I did, I was like, well, wait, are you inviting me to your house? Or are you inviting me to get, or like, do I have to bring something in order for me to be able to attend? Like, no, I'm just coming over. Like, we used to come over in the old days. Why do I have to bring something to come over? No, I hate it, right? So when I'm throwing a no rules party, you're not allowed to bring anything. If you do, you'll be removed from the premises. <laughs> And then number two is no expectations, okay? I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna have the right food or if I'm gonna have the right alcohol or or if it's gonna be, or we're, if we're gonna have enough or we're gonna run out. If we run out, so what? We'll order pizza, shut up about it, okay? Uh, or somebody will go make a run to get more beer or alcohol. But you're not allowed to have any expectations like, oh, okay, when I do declare it, it just was not enough guacamole, okay? No, it is what it is. Haas and I went to Ralph's, the grocery store, and right before, we just grabbed as much as junk food as we could, you know, think of, and we put it in the cart and came here and threw it on the table. And then the third rule is there are no other rules. Just have fun. Just have fun. Okay. Thoughts, Mark? Go. Well, rule three is the rule that we began with, which is that you know there. Are the only rule is there are no rules. So you actually incorporated that into your uh, into your three rules. Uh, I'm kind of with you on the you know relieving people of the pressure to bring something, and you do it in this way uh, in that way that you do it, which is you can't bring something. It's not only don't we want you to bring something, you're not allowed to bring something. And it's sort of a very jank thing to do. You know what I mean? Like you don't understand. Uh, if you bring something, you will be removed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, I kind of, uh, but I take your point. It, I mean, it's custom, honestly, but that doesn't mean that it's right. Sure, why not relieve party guests from any pressure of, oh my God, I didn't bring anything by saying, hey, you're not allowed to bring anything. So I kind of like that. Yeah, every time we have to go to a thing, I have to figure out what to re-gift, right? <laughs> And I'm like, did they wait? Oh my God, I got this like eight years ago. Did they give this to me in the first place? Yeah. It would be awkward if I'm re-gifting the same thing they got me. If I go out to buy wine, I don't know anything about wine. Am I gonna get judged for buying crappy wine? Or you know, and am I supposed to buy? I know I'm not supposed to buy five dollar wine, which is what I would do if I was buying for myself. Uh, but am I supposed to buy twenty dollar, forty dollar, eighty dollar? I don't know, right? I'm already stressed. I'm not stressed about the eighty dollars. I'm stressed <laughs> that I don't know. No, that's and right. That's right. You don't want to come in too hot, 
But you also don't want to come in too light. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Bora, a friend of mine, came to play poker at your house and he went nuts and he bought something that was like, I forget everything, like blue label or black label. Right. Right. right? And I'm like, Bora, I don't know if that's too much. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> Will it be awkward if you bring in something that's too much? He's like, no, 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 it can never be too much. You say one more thing, I'll buy two of them. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> and that's yeah. how he. Well, will. I mean, you know, when you come in styling with some big whatever gift or other. Offering to a party, it's never a bad thing. But all the things you say about bringing your gift, yes, true. You know, there's pressure. You do end up like grabbing something that was gifted to you. By the way, the best regifting, I'll tell this story very quickly, regifting moment that I was party to was at ICM, which is a big talent agency in LA. And, you know, it's a, it's a Holly, big Hollywood talent agency. And sure enough, one of the agents was. Like a really tough person. I mean, but I mean, super, like just the stereotypical badass, awful ride, you know, ride you kind of agent. And agents oftentimes get gifts for any number of reasons. And the agent screamed at the assistant, who was just, again, this beleaguered assistant who's browbeaten every day going in to get this abuse from this agent. And the agent screams at him. I want you to re-gift this for this party I'm going to tonight. So he looks at the gift and he sees that there is a card that has been slipped into the gift with the agent's name on it saying, hey, you know, I hope you enjoy this or whatever. He left the card in when he re-gifted it. And it's that to me was the ultimate re-gift time bomb. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. went off later. The agent wasn't even anywhere near the party, obviously, when the discovery was made. But it was clearly regifted because the was because the card was left inside. But you're right. You grab the regift and you you know and you and you head to the party typically. So I say bravo, Jack. All right, excellent. I have the Mark Thompson seal of approval. Now that brings up two more stories. One is about my first agent ever. You'll enjoy that. And two is about a recent regift debacle I had. So, but before I go to that, all of a sudden I'm loving interactive old school. First of all, dragon with the girl tattoo writes in the big gift lobby makes the rules. Oh, you're so right. You're so right, and instantly you're the star of old school. Okay. Oh, that's funny. Big gift. I don't know why I never thought about that. It's obviously a big gift. Right. So, second of all, LMG15, these are our member section here. LMG15 says, I'm loving live old school, but you're not the only one, LMG15. And I don't know if I'm supposed to read this or not, but I'm going to read it. Another fan has written in. Her name is Anna Kasparian. <laughs> okay, and and she writes, um, I love that the show is live. You see that LMG50, you're thinking like the boss. Uh, also, gifts to the people's home stresses me out. I always overdo it. Sweets, wine, gift cards, I got nuts. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that that I got nuts could be taken in a couple of different directions, but uh, but I but I agree. Um, and so. Then I want to go to oh, Hottie Meter on Twitch gifted 50 subs, 55 All of a sudden, we're all Hottie Metered. And, and they say, in honor of old, old school and no rules, welcome all new subscribers. And also, 
We instantly have a hype train. We go live for a second on new, old, old, old school, and all of a sudden, choo, choo, we're on a hype train. Headed to level five. That's what I hear. That's that's the chitter chatter. That's the chitter chatter because now I see the chitter chatter, and that's what it's saying. Jay Bizzle on the on the Twitch Zizzle says, "I'm glad old school's back live." Uh, Mary Animal says, "Text me, Jake. I'll walk you through the wine." LOL. Wrong. Not interested. I appreciate it, but I don't want to be walked through the wine. If I could go my whole life without knowing anything about wine, I'm going to call it a win. On my deathbed, I'm going to be like, I didn't learn wine. Yes. Okay. Which brings me to my regifting story. So we're going to a place recently, and and we got to get a gift, right? And so I'm like, I look through the drawers of what do we have because we never drink our alcohol. So we're just not an alcohol family, mainly weed. We do lots of weed. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> family doesn't do anything. I do a little weed. That's different. Okay. But anyway, but, but by the way, that's a that would be a fun thing. Matthew, here, I brought you lots of marijuana. Yeah, <laughs> edibles or whatever. Edibles. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. That's a gift. That's a real yeah. gift. Knock your ass out. Okay. Talk about a time bomb, exactly. <laughs> Talk about a time bomb. It's so true, yeah. so true. Um, so, so I I grab a wine that I have. Oh, first before I even grab that, I saw this really fancy one, uh, and it's like gold something or other. And I, and that one I knew was good, right? I don't know its name. It's a whiskey and it looks great, and it's in a fancy cover. And I'm like, oh, this is a good one because this is a nice place we're going to, and we like these people a lot, etc. I mean, I'm going to Marks. I don't care, right? <laughs> well, that's two of us who don't care, so that's good. All right. <laughs> so, anyways, and we're about to go out, and and Wendy or somebody said, "Hey, open the box and see what's inside." We open it, three quarters empty. Could you imagine oh if we had brought God. that? <laughs> they think like, is this a joke? Is he like trying to insult us? What is this, right? Why? <laughs> right. <laughs> See, this is when gifting goes wrong. This is why we got to defeat Big Gift. Yeah, Big okay. Gift is that's a terrible lobby. Really. Yeah. And and so so thank God. So we gotta, you know, we I go grab an, the wine that we have. I take the dust off of it, etc. For my wine cellar thing above my fridge, where I'm like. What don't we drink? Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, so I bring it, and the guy goes, "Oh, 2011," <laughs> because I got it in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, "Oh, that came in handy." <laughs> the fact that we never drink anything, we never. <laughs> and but then they opened it, and the cork fell in. Because it was just rando wine sitting around for ten years. <laughs> yeah, well, if it's sitting up, if it's sitting upright for that long, yeah, then the cork is totally shot, right? I don't know that. Well, that's Remember, why I'm wine is. That's death, why not knowing anything about wine. <laughs> that's why wine is stored on the side usually, because the, the cork has to remain sort of uh, hydrated, is for lack of a better term, you know, uh, wet, you know. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm beginning to see it uh, because otherwise it dries out. So when you put that. You know, corkscrew in it just you know it disintegrates. Anyway, okay, now uh, I know I'm glad I, I could provide the information ten years later or whatever it was. Yeah, I I literally made it to fifty one years old and did not know that. Um, 
So you've kind of ruined it a little bit. <laughs> well, then my job is done. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder if you're on the side of Big Gift, but okay. <laughs> right. Okay, look, all right. Um, so, all right, let, let's uh, do the the agent story. It's a small one, but it's fun. And Shadows uh, wrote in the member section, loving your great energy tonight, Jenk. Much needed, thank you. But you being a member is much needed, so thank you. By the way, if you're on YouTube, you just click that fun little join button below, and all of a sudden, ta-da! You get the bonus episode too, but you got to join at the premium level. I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. And where's the energy coming from? Well, thank you for the softball, uh, for the for the plug. TwoStrongCoffee.com/slash/tyd. Wow. Yes. Um, another side story. So I had my cousin over. Now nothing is a year ago, right? Because of COVID. Uh, so it must have been nearly two years ago. And so I have four cousins on one side, and and two of them came over, and I, this one guy, he's I I think he's hilarious, right? He's kind of a little nervous and stuff, and he's a very lovable guy, and uh, and he's like uh, he got he got joy um, and Frozen Two doll uh, because he knows that she loves Frozen Two. This is very thoughtful of him, and it's one of those things where you press the button. And and it does the song, right? And so he got it, she's super excited, good gift, big gift is happy. Uh, and then she presses it once and it goes ah, into the unknown, right? Okay, oh, good, good, two, twice, three times, four times. Yeah. And on the fourth, ah, into the unknown, David turns around, he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm yeah. so sorry. I did not think that through. <laughs> I really wish I could do that one over. I get it. I get it. I ruined two weeks of your life. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so. This is the problem with all gifts for kids like that that sing, that make a noise. I mean, it's um, and the and the Frozen franchise destroyed. The thinking because heads exploded from those sounds of more adults than is even quantifiable. I mean, the Frozen One and Frozen Two franchises and their merch just annihilated the minds of adults because adults either had to self-medicate or they had to leave the house or they had to <laughs> flee their. You know, it, it, it. What you've described is a phenomenon that is well documented and frozen, oddly. And coincidentally, is exactly the franchise that just took it to another level of torture. No, 100%. In fact, Big Gift wound up thinking that it was counterproductive. <laughs> They're like, no, let's do a recall to Frozen merchandise. People are stopping gifting altogether. Yeah. Having a chilling right. effect. Yeah. Um, so Mickey C wrote in again, Jenk doesn't need alcohol, just bring old school back to live and he's flying high, he's on a roll. Totally right, that's totally true. But speaking of which, you know what would be make a great gift, unless you're going to a no rules party, is too strong coffee. And you explain <laughs> to them that it's a progressive cause and it's really great coffee. I'm not, look, I haven't said a word, except for the words twostrongcoffee.com slash DYT. Okay, so my agent, uh, my first agent ever was Babette Perry at ICM. Okay. She's terrific. She was great. Yeah. I mean, and for so me. She, so <laughs> you. 
No, no, it, not for me, not at all. Okay. <laughs> no, we're gonna talk about it in a second. Is okay. Uh, but so, did you have her as an agent? Yeah, I did. In fact, I'll tell you, I had. Uh, I'll tell you this just quickly, just to, as a background. I had a different agent, and I met her at a wedding of one of her clients, and she said something that a lot of agents say to their to people they're trying to sign, which hey, you're incredibly talented. I watch you all the time. I know this you did, but she knew a lot of stuff that I've done. And she said, and I know projects right now that you need to be submitted for. Now, agents also say that a little bit, but so you have to then have a follow up meeting and decide. But I thought, wow, if she's really there with what she talks about, she could be, you know, a real change agent in my career. And so I met with her and I signed, and she was. And then she left the agency. That she signed me to, and then I'm stuck with somebody who didn't have that same kind of burning desire. And it was sort of, okay, well, that was a great six months, but you know, now I'm on the beach. So what was your experience though? So look, I was new to LA. Um, I had worked at Whammy with Ben, right? But I was barely on air. So I had a tape, uh, but it was just okay. Uh, and um so it was not an easy sell, and so and ICM was a is a big agency, and Babette was already a, a legend, right? And so, and so, she took the meeting, and I was like, "That's amazing! I got a meeting with Babette Perry because people had told me I don't know, right? But Ben and other people told me, oh, that's a that's a good agent, right? And I felt lucky to be in the room in a sense, and then, uh, and then she signed me, uh, and I was like, "That's it! That's it! I'm going to Hollywood. In fact, I'm already here." Okay, and and so it's over. As I threw an "it's over" party, <laughs> which, by the way, I mission, haven't. Mission accomplished. Right. Yeah, I haven't. But one day I will, <laughs> if the Young Turks ever makes it <laughs> twenty years in. Right? Oh my God! Oh, I want to throw a legendary "it's over" party. No one's allowed to bring a goddamn thing, and we are not going to run out of food or drinks. Okay, so. That's what that's what I'm like daydreaming about daydreaming about for decades. Anyways, um, I'm all excited, and then somebody, and then like there's not much action going on, um, and she signed someone at the same time, right around the same time that she signed me. It was Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Oh yeah, remember her? So now this is again, it's almost exactly 20 years ago. So at that point, she just uh, been on Survivor, and she was a star on Survivor. And so it was a good sign for Babette, that made sense. And then, but I kind of started tracking my career and, and Hasselbeck's career. That did not work out well for me for a long, long time, okay? And so then somebody, and then nothing's happening, right? Um, and somebody introduced me to the concept of uh, backpocketing, okay? So what that means is agents sign, some agents sign a lot of people and they backpocket them, which is, I'm not going to put a lot of effort here, right? But if it turns out I need a, you know, somebody needs a host for a greasy Muslim dude, <laughs> okay, <laughs> without much of a table, hello, send the kid hello, to the Babesh, we need a greasy Muslim dude. You got anybody? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> His name is Jank. What? What kind of name is Jank? I don't know. It's, I guess, a greasy Muslim dude name. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Like that's the only saving grace because otherwise you say, well, it's jank, but it's spelled with a C. They hang up on you, right? <laughs> right. 
Because in Hollywood, ain't nobody got time for anybody, right? And so, so you were back pocketed, you're saying, by Babette. Yeah, yeah, I got back pocketed. But you know what? I'm telling you, to be fair to Babette, and look, there's a reason why people call me the fairest man in America. (laughs) (laughs) Who calls you that? (laughs) Me. Let me now. Let me be the fairest man in America. To be fair to the fairest man in America, I don't think anybody's ever called anybody else the fairest man in America either. So you can go ahead and claim the title. Yeah, that's right. I'm up one nothing on everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like when Trump said that he invented the word fake. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, and look. I say that all the time. So I went and double checked the other day. I'm like, really? I know I've said it a hundred times on the show, and I'm sure that he said it, but that's so insane. So I went back years later to double check. Yeah, he said it. He said, look, I did, other people might have used it before, but I haven't heard it. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember the actual clip, so that's really funny to me. That's great. I mean, I remember him saying it, but I didn't remember the actual verbiage. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> well. If you don't remember them saying it, how do you remember it? I might have heard them saying it before, but I don't remember. It's been in the English language Uh. for literally hundreds and hundreds of years. It might have made a thousand years by now, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, I was talking to John Meacham. We were doing an interview earlier today. It's pre recorded. You'll see it tomorrow. And so he's the guy who was the main editor at Newsweek for a long time, a big mainstream media guy. Uh, but very smart, very reasonable conversation and stuff. And uh, and uh, shoot, I'm hungry, so I'm now starting to forget things. But um, you're talking about the fake, the fake, fake, fake is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'll remember it later. Okay, so uh, we're live. We're going to do live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, I remember. So the the temerity of of Trump is amazing. And and what I said to him was that the right wing voters were so pissed at the establishment that they were even willing to go with a guy like Trump who says obviously outrageous things like wind causes cancer and and you should inject yourself with bleach and I invented the word fake. I mean, he's an Austin Powers character. That was literally like yeah. a line from Austin Powers where Dr. Evil said his dad invented the question mark. Um, and uh, and people hate the establishment so much yeah. that they were willing to go with that guy. They thought that guy was more honest than mainstream media, right? So that's that's pretty telling of where we are as a country. But anyways, um, actually, that's a really good insight, though. So I mean, before you, anyways, it, I definitely think that's a really good insight. People were that angry that they were willing to, yeah, we get it, right? But we hate you guys all more, or we hate the other stuff more. So we want an outsider, and we get it. He's not. Perfect. And then you heard all those justifications, like, you know, from the Christian right, you know, after he'd said and done all these sort of unquote unchristian like things. Well, the perfect work of the Lord often is done in an imperfect vessel. And I thought, yeah, Yeah. so they find their ways to whatever rationale they want. Yeah. Yeah. How come uh, I don't get to be the imperfect vessel? (laughs) Like, well, stay out of Jenk. I mean, one title at a time. Fairest man in America is what you're carrying right now. So, okay, I hear you. It's, it's a good point. I don't get too ambitious. Uh, but, like, they never look at the left and go, like, oh, flawed, imperfect vessel, but I see where they're coming from. It's no, you guys are terrible and we're going to judge you for the rest of your life. 
Oh, Trump did the same things, but way worse. Imperfect vessel, what can we do? God works in mysterious <laughs> ways, okay? How come God can't work in mysterious ways on our behalf, or yeah. right? Um, uh, I like that idea. Republicans are like, we all voted for Nina Turner. You know why? I don't know, God works in mysterious ways, <laughs> okay? God bless, by the way, not playing, ninaturner.com slash hello, okay? Throw a bucket, whatever, man, let's, we, she's got to win. She's got to win. Make a difference. She wins. For you know, look at me as I've done for 20 years now, plugging other people, right? Get get their get your money to them, okay? NinaTurner.com slash hello. She, she could make all the difference. Now back to how I was the fairest man in America. Um, so uh, then I look at uh, I mean Elizabeth Hasselbeck's career. And uh, and boom, she gets uh, the view. Oh, I was so bitter. Oh, I was so bitter. Um, and I was just bitter instinctually. And here's the funny part: I've hated Elizabeth Hasselbeck ever since. <laughs> well, I'd like to. Can I weigh in on this quickly? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to do anything to disabuse you of your hate for Elizabeth Hasselbeck because I believe she is uh, uh, worthy, probably, of a lot of your scorn. But what's interesting to me about this story is one of the things that makes it easy for you not to be angry about anything with Elizabeth Hasselbeck is she's a completely different type than you are. You're not gonna be going out for any of the same things. So the notion somehow that she's beating you out for any job is laughable, right? One of the great things about that story is how different she is from you, right? You're this, yeah. <laughs> you're this dude who is used to being this ethnic guy. And she's this blondie kind of, you know, uh, right? A, a chirpy blonde person who, you know, thinks that everything she says is, you know, uh, biblically sound or whatever her deal is. So anyway, but so you're just, you're so different. It's like with my voiceover stuff when I I'll audition for something, but I won't audition for something that a female voiceover artist is. You know what I mean? So if I see a yeah. bunch of women in the lobby. I know I'm not really competing with them, but you somehow felt, <laughs> that's the best part of it. You felt it's sort of somehow a zero sum game. She's getting that view job that you would have had a shot at otherwise. Mark, I can't begin to tell you how true that is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I I knew that it made no sense at all. That like, we, if you tried to find someone more different than me, like I think that you, you couldn't do it. Like Elizabeth Hasselbeck is the exact opposite of me. Like right wing, exactly. blonde girl into like deeply into religion, right? I'm the exact opposite of that, <laughs> right? And every time she got a new job, I thought, God damn it, Babette. <laughs> that is just <laughs> such a, a, such lunacy, lunatic <laughs> thinking that it's great. It just makes it even better, I love that. And I'd like to note that we started this with how I'm the fairest man in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you couldn't objectively see the utter lunacy associated with your logic. That's no, great. no, it's worse than that. I did see it and I still thought it. Right, okay. right, right. Now, now, finally we get to the fairness. Um, uh, no, Babette sent me on a bunch of auditions. She, like, you know, I know she wasn't putting her back into it, but she shouldn't have put her back into it. I was a young guy who probably should didn't even deserve it to that level of eight 
you know, agent at that point. And so, yeah, I'll take a back pocket. Who cares? She sent me to a bunch of auditions. I'm sure her assistant did it. Again, as long as I go to the audition, who cares if the assistant did it or she did it, right? And like, oh, what? I didn't get an audition for Jeopardy host? Yeah, I got news for you. You weren't gonna get that, right? And so, um, and is she even stuck with me when it was preposterous? Like, I don't know that she knew it, but I think someone there knew it. Why? Why preposterous? Because I wound up getting sick, and I I had this weird condition called pepigus vulgaris. It was pretty serious for a while, and my skin's melting off my body. So you get it, uh, <laughs> you get it. Um, and so I had to take some pretty heavy-duty uh, uh, steroids, prednisone, right? But a, a good we dad hit me hard with that prednisone because I was I was pretty far gone. Like I don't, I'll walk around with like a broken body part for two weeks before I realize I have a problem, right? So by the time they figured it out, I was like, they the the guy asked my doctor, which hospital is he at? And he's like, no, that dude's walking around, he's not at a hospital. They're like, what? Hit it with as much prednisone as you got, okay? And so they did, and the doctor warned me, hey, look, this is gonna have some serious side effects, right? And one of them is moon face. And so if you guys don't know what moon face is, it, it blows up your face in an artificial way. It, you put on a ton of weight, but it's not the weight. It just expands your face into like an oval shape. Jerry Lewis had it back in the day, etc. Right? So, I, I, look, if you got moon face, you got family who has it. It's just I know, I get it, I lived it, right? And so, I'm, I'm, my heart goes out to you. But it looks ridiculous, right? It just does, right? She still sent me to auditions. Right. Well, it it looks it looks ridiculous if you're going for an audition. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. It's just a side effect of a medicine. But yeah, I, I, I think that speaks to yes, her. She had that much faith in you, that's pretty cool. Again, I thought she was the greatest thing ever, but she left the agency after six months. But that was like the best six months of my career. She was like a, you know those comets that are around for three nights and it's an amazing, you know, they tell you where to look and you look up and you go, holy, I can't believe it, holy cow, that's the coolest sight, I've never seen anything like it. It lights up the night sky and then it's gone. And there won't be another one for another 76 years like Halley's Comet. That's what Bad Bet was to my career. She was like, she lit it up and then she moved to another agency and I was back being back pocketed, as you say. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but so uh, I, I remember at the end of one of the auditions, I, I looked in my rear view mirror in my car, right? And I was like, Jenk, what are you doing, brother? <laughs> okay. I mean, well, number one, this isn't going to work. And number two, of course, um, all the auditions were silly for me. Not silly for other people, but I want to do real conversations about news and politics and all these things. And I'm sitting there going to audition, like, uh, all right, you know, uh, who among you has the Joker, Joker, Joker? <laughs> I'm like, and I, I'm looking at my moon face in the rear room mirror, going, "What are you doing, Jake? This is this is no, this is not it, right?" So that was among the things that eventually led to me starting the Young Turks. So. Uh, oh, whole, so there whole you, you got to give her credit. Yeah, it all works yeah. out. And and, and of course, and if you had the Joker, Joker, Joker job, you could have funded the Young Turks with like a month's worth of money from that oh, job. Oh, so yeah, yeah. All oh, those game show hosts—they're the richest people in the world. They have the best job, and it's they work like four days a month. I saw that on the uh, that Pat Sajak, um, the host of Wheel of Fortune. They work four days a month on that show. He and Vanna. 
And I think last I saw he was making something like 40 million a year. Yeah, she makes 10 million a year. So I would assume he would be 4X probably. Yeah. yeah. 40 million a year for four months, four days out of the month. Okay, not out of the week, out of the month. And so, look, guys, tax the rich. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I almost. Oh, that's why I got and mad. I promise you, they. I promise you, they vote red. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I was going to go do, Mark. So um, that's why I got mad res- respect for uh, Alex Trebek. Uh, being, uh, you know, rest in peace. Um, so I don't know what his politics are, and I don't know if he voted a Republican or Democrat. But he at least had the decency to be quiet about it. Um, whereas Pat Sajak, Chuck Woolery, all of them are deep red Republicans. And they're like, don't touch my money, I earned it. Dude, don't, no, 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 no. The one thing you don't get to say is you earned it. <laughs> okay, Mr. Joker, 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 show me the goddamn Z. And you're telling me that was worth $40 million? No, just please have the decency to be quiet. Um, so that's my thoughts on Pat Sajak, apparently, let alone Chuck Woolery, who's literally insane. Well, Woolery is, a, I mean, he takes it to another level. I mean, he just, he'll carry any right wing water that, you know, he possibly can get into his bucket. It's, uh, that's pretty scary. But, um, yeah. But he was, so, a, I think he was a COVID denier, and then he got hit by COVID, or some of his family got hit by COVID, and then he left Twitter. I, I believe that's how the Woolery thing went down. I mean, I haven't checked in on it in a couple of months, but it was something like that. Yeah. Um, so Herman Cain had a similar story. He left Twitter because he died of COVID. But then he came back on Twitter, his ghosted, and started saying that COVID was no big deal because that's sweet, sweet money. By the way, wow. this is real. Like his family members took over his Twitter account and started going back to praising Trump and no big deal and all the same exact racket. They said, his family members said that COVID is no big deal. It killed the guy. Are yeah. you kidding? Yeah, so I'm paraphrasing here, and I don't remember, and I don't know for sure who's running his Twitter account. But we did a story about how sometime later, a couple months later, or whatever it was, that account was, you know, minimizing COVID. That, that's, but it's Herman Cain's account. Herman Cain died of COVID. Wow, they have wow. no shame. Wait, no. That he that he contracted, it would appear at a Trump rally. I mean, it's just. That's you're right. I mean, that is shameless on another level. Wow. Um, so okay, to, to super last thing on the on the agent and Hasselbeck story. So I always walked away thinking, even though Babette got Elizabeth Hasselbeck a lot of great jobs, um, I pardon her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, since I'm the fairest man in America, I thought Babette could did everything she could for me, and bless her heart. Uh, and uh, but to this day, I still dislike Elizabeth Hasselbeck. <laughs> well, so there's that. There's some consistency. Yeah, know. and it's really not for her positions, not because she was on Fox and Friends, not any of that. I just for that absurd, irrational reason. But at least right. I know it. Yeah. No, you're aware of your irrationality, but you just can't you can't let go of it. Yeah. And one day I will crush Elizabeth Hasselbeck. <laughs> and then I'm gonna send uh, I'm gonna re-gift something to Babette and it's gonna have a note saying, What now? <laughs> I don't even know if Babette's still an agent. That was so long ago. Um okay, by the way, Biden flavor corn pop wrote into the member section. 
glad the humiliation led to Cenk founding TYT. Well, right. at least it had that upside. Well. <laughs> uh, Wellington Smith wrote, wait, so Cenk was, wants to be a regular on The View? Could he wear a wig and a dress? I guess. No, you do not guess. You do not want to see that. It's okay, no judgment or anything like that, but uh, that would be an uncomfortable sight for everyone involved. Uh, and and you know what? Oh, that's so interesting. Such an interesting crossover. And we might have to do most of this in the member section. That, but but first of all, Jedi Skywalker, are you a, a hero for joining by hitting the join button below on YouTube? I guess. And so again, <laughs> if you join at the premium level or you go to tyt.com/join. Um, uh, you'll get the new bonus episode that's gonna come up next. And that's another whole 45 minutes. Uh, so by the way, underneath Jedi Skywalker, it said new member. I was like, is new member a new member? <laughs> See, it could be a handle, you never know, there's funny handles. Yeah. Anyways, um, so <laughs> Bill Maher, so however many years ago, 10, 15 years ago, when he started real time with Bill Maher, um, I really wanted to be on that show, okay? And look, you know me, I'm super honest, I don't hide that at all, right? And uh, and that that would have been the right, and it probably still is the right show for you, right? Well, that's the I mean, for you to be a guest, I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, that's the conversation we're gonna go to in a second. Okay. Um, and so then, um, and, and by the way, probably the single most common comment I've gotten in, in, in Young Turks history is, from good, well-meaning folks, mainly viewers and stuff, but also friends, family, etc. Babette sent me a note, still haven't gotten you a job, but I have an idea. And it was always the same thing. Hey, why don't you go on real time with Bill Maher? And I kept ripping my hair out going, I know. <laughs> it's not like I don't want to go on real time with Bill Maher. They, they won't ask, right? And And throughout my career, he'd have new producers. Uh, and I'd run into them at different things, and they'd be like, "Oh my God, you sound perfect for us!" And oh, I'm going to go talk to Bill, right? And the first time it happened, I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, this might happen, right?" And then the second time, I'm like, "Okay, yeah, sure, we'll get a new person to try. That sounds good, right?" By like the fifth time it happened, I was like, "Don't, don't bother. Bill's not interested." Okay, so it was clearly not the producers. Okay, I'm not exaggerating. It was like three, four at least. Different high-level producers at his show that I know pitched, right? And we're genuinely excited. Uh, and so it must have been Mar, who was like, "No, I, I don't." For whatever reason, right? Oh. But now, knowing seeing the commentary he did today, like a billion years later, he's like, "Twitch, what's Twitch? I've never gone online in my life. I don't know what online is. What is this thing? Me too, view too, whatever you guys call it." So that guy, ten years ago, seven years ago, is never going to have an online guy on, right? Uh, he just won't get it. Um, so then I switched over to um, saying, "Oh, I don't want it." Right, and and then Bill started becoming more and more conservative. Then I said, "I just no, I don't want it at all." So what do I think now? And did I really mean it? Oh no, what a terrible tease at the end of the show. That's not fair. But that's what God created tyt.com/join for. Okay, so we gotta end the the, the regular show here for a second. But a episode just as long as this one tyt.com slash join premium level on YouTube just hit the join button below 
and and it's just it's a little bit longer. That's why I want to finish it. Then I'm not trying to tease you. And we still didn't get to how much I hate Marilyn Manson or Bitcoin. There's so much more to get to. Asher, are we out of time? Yes. Okay. Much love for those of you who are not members. We'll see you next Monday, 10 o'clock. All right, thanks for watching this free clip of Old School. Don't forget to become a TYT member today for the rest of the show and for more exclusive content throughout the network. Join now at tyt.com slash join.